Thank you, Aaron. Well, friends, if you think that you have troubles or you have problems, you might be like me when you get done trimming your eyebrows and realize that the trimmer was set too short. So I promise I'm not winking at you this morning. It's just one eyebrow's a little shorter than the other. Can I get an amen from somebody here? Can we just, can we just share all of our personal problems? Can we just be honest and just, just put those out in front of each other? We are a mess. But you wanna know what? Jesus is perfect. And he came, he came to give us his one and only life. And if we didn't laugh, we'd probably cry, so we might as well laugh anyways. So friends, God does things in my life as a preacher to make you guys laugh from time to time. So when you greet me out in the hallway, just forget I said any of that because I don't want to hear about it, all right? <laughs> I thank you for the grace that you give me. I've done that one other time, and I swore I never would do it again and doggone it if it didn't happen Friday morning. All right, we move on. We move on to uh, our sermon series. It's a real short one. We're going to do week one this week, week two next week, and we're talking about the Lord of the harvest, the Lord of the harvest. Now, it is harvest season. Now, how do we know that it's harvest season? Well, there's all kinds of signs of life out there for harvest season, and it starts with the fact that there are no leaves on the trees anymore, and it finally got a little bit cold yesterday. Anybody notice any of the flaky white stuff coming down? Uh, We don't talk about that stuff in church, but but the flaky, the flaky white stuff was coming down yesterday. It was cold. The heater kicked on a couple times last night. So it's, it's that harvest season. The leaves are off the trees. A lot of people's burn piles are gone now. You can hear gunfire in the distance as hunters are practicing and getting ready for gun week. That's a national holiday around in southeast Ohio, right? We get off. The, the schools are closed the Monday after Thanksgiving, right? We close down for that a lot. You see a lot of bow hunters out there uh, Photos on Facebook. We got some of our own that took some bucks yesterday, some beautiful deer. It's just that harvest season. How do you know it's harvest season? Well, everywhere you go, you can get pumpkin spice whatever. Pumpkin spice latte, pumpkin spice cheesecake, pumpkin spice breakfast, dinner, lunch, whatever it is. It's just all pumpkin spice candles and all of those things. But mainly the, 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 the main thing is, is that the farmers are now bringing in the crop and, and, they're, and, they're, and they're reaping what has been sowed. And that's coming in, and then we sit down at the Thanksgiving table in two weeks, and we celebrate all the good things that our God has done. Amen? We sit down, and we give thanks to our God. We don't give thanks to ourselves. We don't give thanks to our neighbor or our family member or friend. We give thanks to God because God is our incredibly great provider. And God describes himself, self-proclaimed in the Bible, and says that he is the Lord of the harvest. Well, of course he is. He's our great provider. He provides us with all of the material things that we have. He provides us with all the wisdom that we have. He provides us with all of our spiritual blessings. All that we have is a result of how good our amazing God is. And by the way, in the law of sowing and reaping, sowing seed and then reaping a crop, Friends, according to God, he has an abundance to offer to you and to me, and that's what we want to talk about these two weeks. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, you're going to find God talk about an abundant harvest. He says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. There's three words that I want you to kind of underline and highlight here, two in, chapter, in verse 10. 
He says, and will also supply and increase. I want you to underline that, highlight that, circle that. Increase your store of seed and will what? Enlarge, enlarge. I want you to underline that and circle that. Enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. That's what we're talking about, friends. We're talking about a harvest of righteousness. You will be enriched in every way. Underline or circle that word enriched. And I'm here to ask you a question today. Who's ready for the increase? Who's ready for God to enlarge their life? Who's ready to be enriched? Praise be to God. It's okay. You can raise your hand if you're excited about that. Now, friends, you might say, well, is he talking about material wealth here? Friends, why do we always get stuck on money? God can do so much more in our life than to deliver more green stuff into our bank account. We're not talking necessarily about that. We're talking about everything that God can do, including that if he so chooses. Oh, friends, Not only is the Lord's harvest a blessing of physical blessings like income or food or material goods, but today we're talking about the spiritual blessings of a harvest of righteousness that God wants to pour out into your heart. He wants to pour out all the resources of heaven, all the resources of his very presence, all the resources of his power, all the resources of the presence of his Holy Spirit, and it's called the glory of God. You see, the glory of God is the entire existence of God. It's who he is in all of his glory, you might know. When you die and you go into heaven because you know Jesus Christ, you will be in glory. You will be in the full, unadulterated presence of God for eternity, friends. That's the glory of God. And he, God is not a withholder. He wants to give all of that to us, friends. And I'm here to tell you, I'm ready to receive it. How about you? How about you? You see, God will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. He'll enlarge the desire for the Lord to fill your heart and fill your soul with the harvest of blessing that enlarges his activity in your life so that the fruits of righteousness overflow in your life and out into everything that you do. So friends, who wants the increase? Who wants the enlarged harvest where we're acting in accordance with God's law, set free from guilt and sin because of the grace of Jesus Christ on the cross? because of the grace that God has given us, because of the salvation message. Now see, friends, it starts with being made right with God. A harvest of righteousness starts with being made right with God. It's about right living, right living. In Romans chapter three, the Bible says, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law of the prophets testify. Friends, isn't it amazing that the righteousness of God has been made known You can know it, I can know it. God does not withhold his wisdom. God is a giver, and not just of material wealth, but of of knowledge, wisdom, blessings, all the spiritual blessings of heaven, friends, that, that has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. It's a story that's been told all the way since Genesis, and it'll keep being told all the way through Revelation, and those scriptures are being fulfilled in you and me today, friends. That unchanging word of God is being fulfilled in you and me until this day and this day forward. Praise be to God. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. How is the righteousness given? Let me say it again. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Are there any other sources of, of righteousness on this earth? Are there any other sources? Are you a source? Am I a source? Is reading your Bible a source? Is praying a source? Any other, any other activity, anything else under the sun than Jesus Christ himself? No activity, no religious practice, nothing is the source of righteousness other than the person and work of Jesus Christ. 
The righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ, in Christ alone, to all who believe. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. You see, friends, the Bible says that the source of righteousness, in order to be made right with God, and we're going to talk about that, what that is in just a second, is Jesus, only Jesus. Now, this past week, the United Methodist Church elected 13 bishops, and uh, it, it's about every four years that we elect and nominate bishops, and I just wanted to share with you that the first bishop that was elected in this election cycle has been on record in making a statement that says, we don't need to agree on who Jesus is. We don't need to agree on who Jesus is. Friends, Paul in his word would tell us that that is false doctrine, and, and that is, is not good and right doctrine. Friends, we need to know who Jesus is. We need to agree on who Jesus is, because without Jesus at the head of the church, we have no church. Jesus is the head of our church. He is the head of our faith. And friends, we are only justified by Christ, through Christ, his gracious sacrifice on the cross, who paid the penalty for our sin. It is his blood that covers over our sin and his guilt. It is his grace that we've been forgiven by because, friends, otherwise we're nothing but a bunch of filthy rags. But God took Jesus Christ in his blood and he took the filthy rags and he's washed us white as snow. Somebody's gonna raise a hand here today and thank God and give him glory for it. Praise be to God. That's what Jesus is. That's who he is in our life. And when you repent and when you believe and when you receive Jesus Christ, he makes you right in the eyes of God. He, he has these rose-colored glasses, these, these blood-stained glasses that cover over the eyes of the Father. And so, so he doesn't see our unrighteousness. He doesn't see our lawlessness. He doesn't see our sinfulness. He doesn't see our brokenness. All he sees is the sacrificial official blood of his son, Jesus Christ. You see, it's Jesus who makes us right in the eyes of the Father. And friends, that's when the harvest begins, this harvest of righteousness. It begins with being justified by Jesus. Justified simply means being made right. Now, before electronic means came along of word processing, you used to have to get a typewriter out. Remember Home Row? My, my, my typewriter teacher, she used to cover over. She was mean. She, she would take tape. She would take tape and cover over the keys, and you had to memorize where, where all the keys were on that typewriter. And if you made a mistake, there was no such thing as undo. Undo was a bottle of whiteout. Yes, I am 50 years old, friends. I just turned 50 this year. You get the white out and you get on there. But, but I share that with you because you might understand what it means to justify the text left or justify the text to the right. And you would justify. What that means is you were either gonna align your document on the left or you were gonna align it on the right. And that was justified, right? When Jesus Christ died on the cross and his blood poured out for you and for me, it aligned us with God and made us right in the eyes of God. Only Jesus Christ can do that. Only Jesus Christ can align us with the Father. So friends, the harvest of righteousness begins by owning the fact that only Jesus can make, make us right with God and we need to accept him into our life. So, so to repent and believe and to receive Jesus, you are made right with God. You become the very righteousness of Christ, the Bible says, in the Father's eyes. And the harvest begins with being justified by Jesus, being made right. And then when that harvest begins with that decision, it's right living added to being made right that enlarges the harvest. So it's being made right plus right living that all of a sudden you begin to experience the increase 
and you see an increased results in living daily for God and obeying his law and following his precepts, and you're able to take on more of God's character, you see, it's the law of sowing and reaping. When you sow in the seeds of the Spirit of God, when you do that with right living, planting the seeds of God in your life, well, then, then, then a harvest of righteousness is going to come out of that. But when you sow in the seeds of the flesh, well, then the harvest of that flesh is going to come out from that. Consider what Galatians says in chapter 6. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So what God says, according to God's word, is that the harvest is up to us. How we sow is what we're going to reap. And what we sow is how we're going to reap. So friends, the Bible is asking us a question. Into which are we going to sow? Into the spirit or into the flesh? If you put corn in the ground, you can't expect to get carrots out of it. Thank goodness for those of us that are part of the corn stand at Rolling Plains Church. Because when we, when we put corn in the ground, we hope to get corn out of it. And we hope to be able to serve that to all the patrons that come and, and come and bless the corn stand and all those monies that go off into mission and ministry. Praise be to God. You know, when you put an apple seed into the ground, you're going to get an apple tree, and that apple tree is going to produce what, oranges? No, it's going to produce apples. It's going to produce apples. And so we know, according to the law of sowing and reaping, that the seed you put in the ground is what you reap later. But with God, it's even more so. So in other words, another law of sowing and reaping is you won't get exactly back what you put in the ground. You'll get more than what you put into the ground. Well, how do you know that? Well, my wife took a sunflower seed this year, and she put it into one of these portable planters, not, not, the, not like the hard-sided pots, but they make like these planting bags now. Does somebody know what I'm talking about here? Planting bags, and she filled that with potting soil, and she put a sunflower seed in there, set it out on her deck, and I'm here to tell you that that produced a plant that was taller than me. And it had a head on it, that sunflower. It leaned over. It was so heavy, it leaned over. You guys have seen sunflowers in this, the fields. And how many seeds do you think were in that head? Too many to count. How, how about a lot? How about a couple hundred? Maybe a thousand, I don't know. All of that came from one seed that was put in the ground. You see, when you sow in the goodness of God in your life, it will explode into a whole abundant harvest of righteousness, not just one little seed. So the question is, is what kind of seed are you putting in the ground? You see, the seed you sow and how you live, it matters. It matters. You can't put seeds of this world, the seeds of flesh, the seeds of sin in the ground, and expect to receive an enlarged harvest of righteousness. But rather, the Bible promises we can expect to reap destruction as a result of that. Here's a couple of examples. I'm just going to throw them out there, friends. If you go out drinking on a Friday night, you can expect to not feel so good come Saturday morning. Hangover, headache, tummy ache, whatever it might be. It's the harvest of the seed that's been sown the night before. If you spend your life viewing a bunch of violence and profanity and sexually explicit material regularly, then you're going to wake up one day desensitized and filled with shame and guilt and harshness of spirit and a weightiness of soul and, 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 and being cynical of other people because it's just the harvest of the seed that's been sown. If you harbor unforgiveness and you're critical of other people and it just grows inside of you and it grows into bitterness and resentment and being judgmental of other people and feeling like you never get a fair shake in life, well, friends, that's the harvest of the seed that's been sown. 
If we spend all of our free time binge-watching YouTube and getting on social media, if you spend every hour this week watching the news this week, then all of a sudden you're going to wake up one day dissatisfied with a negative self-outlook, a negative outlook on this and that, depressed, irritated, anxious, and lacking peace. It's the harvest of the seed that's been sown. When, when you sow the seed in the flesh, when you sow seed in the world, it gives the enemy an inch in our life. And the longer we ignore God and the more we continue to sow in the flesh inch by inch, one day we wake up and discover that Satan has gotten a foothold in our life. The Bible even talks about God even turning us over to a depraved mind because of the things we've viewed, the things we've said, the way we've lived our life. And we find ourselves riddled with fear. We find ourselves walking with an arrogant and cynical attitude. We find ourselves constantly irritated or bitter or lacking satisfaction or mainly carrying a promiscuous attitude with the ways of this world where anything counts and anything goes. Friends, your life will feel like a mess because you're harvesting the destructive nature of the seeds that we've sown in the flesh and in the sin. We're, we're, we're reaping destruction multiplied out just like that sunflower seed. And it's not only pouring out into our life, it's pouring out from our life all around us and we're gonna reap what we've sowed. So friends, there's a kind of the reality dose. So the question is, what kind of seed are we sowing? What are we watching on a daily basis? What are we listening to? What are we doing on the weekends? How are we spending our time? What words are we using? What friends are our influences in our life? The question is, which harvest do you want? Do you want the harvest of righteousness or the harvest of destruction? Which one are you sowing for? If we're sowing in the Spirit, we're going to see a fruitful harvest. So the opposite of all the things that we just shared is true. When you sow in the Spirit, the Bible promises us an abundant and fruitful harvest. Well, you say, Pastor John, how do you know? What does that look like? Well, in Galatians chapter 5, the Bible tells us. But the fruit of the Spirit, what does that mean? The harvest of the Spirit the fruits that you pick from the tree, the fruits that have been, the, the, of the seed that have been sowed in the ground, the fruits that have been cultivated from the ground uh, after weeks and months of tending and caring for and weeding and looking after and putting in the ground. Remember, you reap what you sow. The harvest of the fruit of this righteousness looks like this. The fruit of the Spirit is, when you sow the Spirit, this is what you get. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Now I want you to hold on to this whole verse. So when we're, when we're sowing the seeds of the Spirit in our life, we should see an abundant harvest of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It is the fruit of righteousness. It is the harvest of righteousness that God is speaking of that results in sowing in the spirit and not sowing in the flesh. It is a joy even in the midst of our trials. It is a patience when our spouse is driving us crazy. Oh, when we sow into the seeds of the spirit, we have this self-control even when it feels like we might give in, we might lose it, or we might re react in a negative way. Oh, it's the fruits of a faithfulness and when we're struggling with temptation, it's faithfulness when we're struggling when our friends come calling and say, hey, let's go do this, and, and you're like, no, I don't think we should do that. Or it's, it's the fruits of kindness where we're living beyond ourselves towards other people. It's the fruit of peace in our heart 
where we find ourselves free of shame and guilt of sin. It's the, it's the fruit of goodness, of the intentions and all uh, 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 that we have and all that we do, that we, we've sown in the seeds of the goodness of God and nothing but goodness comes out of our hearts that we wanna give to other people around us. And when you sow in the seeds of God's love, well, then the love of Jesus Christ comes out and desires for us to help other people find the love of Jesus Christ. It helps us to like ourselves even more so we can like our neighbor, to love ourselves even more so we can love our neighbors even more. Friends, you can love people according to God's word, but it's hard to like all people according to God's word. And so, friends, we find ourselves in these places where we desire this increase. Who wants more of that? Who wants more love, more, 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 more joy, more peace, more, more patience, more kindness, more goodness? Who wants more faithfulness? Who wants more gentleness and, and more self-control? I would dare say that's every single one of us. Some of our spouses are saying, yes, I'd wish you'd deliver more of that into my spouse. I wish you'd deliver more of that into such and such and so and so. But friends, it starts with us. How much more of an increase do we want to see of God's righteous living in our life that results in a fruit of righteousness than so in the Spirit? If that's the case, then we've got to sow in the Spirit. Well, well how, how do we sow more seeds in the Spirit? I mean, the flesh is strong, Pastor John. Yes, it is. It pulls at us to live according to the desires of this world, uh, to live according to our own passions and desires, according to what Galatians reminds us of. It, it, it calls us to live according to our own sinful nature. And so we battle that by sowing in the Spirit. How do we do that? Well, Galatians 5 gave us that answer. After it lists the fruit of the Spirit, in verse 24, it tells us how to experience that. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Well, how do we sow in the Spirit of God? We do so by remembering who you belong to. You gotta remember who you belong to. It says here, it says, those who belong to Christ Jesus. Who in here today belongs to Christ Jesus? I pray every hand goes up. If you don't, Come see me afterwards, and we'll help you find Jesus Christ in the loving nature of who he is, his gracious, loving nature, because only Jesus can justify you. But friends, we got to remember who we belong to, because if you have Christ in your life, if he's your Savior and Lord, then you belong to the Lord. You are a child of the living God. You are raised with Christ. You are seated at the right hand of God the Father, and friends, he has got a mighty work for you. It means you have access to the power of canceled sin, that lives in your life. It means that your sinful and fleshly nature and your desires, according to what the Bible says, have died with Christ. In other words, the ugly stuff of our life gets left in the grave that Jesus rose from, and when Jesus came up out of the grave, he had already been to hell and he did battle with Satan so that he can set us free and therefore has given us the power of canceled sin. He's been raised from the dead. And the Bible says when we receive Jesus Christ in our life, we become a child of God, and we are the righteousness of Christ. We too are raised with God. And the same Holy Spirit power that raised Jesus from the dead indwells in our life. The fleshly, sinful nature, the desires of human nature, they've died with Christ, so we gotta live like it. You see, some of us, we, we, we live professing Jesus Christ I mean, we, 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 we live out loud with our words professing Jesus Christ, but we find ourselves living in a way like Christ is still in the grave. And God empowers us to live differently. In Galatians chapter five, it says, so therefore I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever it is that you want to do. 
you know what I've decided is the way of the Lord? I've decided that usually the way of the Lord is everything opposite of what I'm thinking. You are not to do what it is that you want to do. The way I want to react, the way I want to resent, the, the way I want to serve myself, uh, the way I want to make sure that, uh, you know, I, I'm number one in this world, the way I want to be in control, the way I want to handle finances, this fleshly human nature. You know, usually it's almost the opposite of what God is wanting to do in our life. And it's the very power of the Spirit of God that's inside of us that empowers us to no longer do what it is we want to do, that empowers us to no longer perform our lives according to the desires of our flesh, because that leads to nothing but destruction. We've already known that. But to do what God wants, to live how the Spirit leads, and to receive his grace that's over all of that. God's grace is over all of that. That's the, 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 the obedience to the Spirit of God in us with right living leads to the increase, the increased harvest of righteousness where his presence of his Spirit, our crucified flesh, and our identity as a child of God gives us strength daily to decide to walk in the Spirit where every thought that we have, every act that we perform, every word that we speak, every decision that we make, every encounter that we have, everything that we put our eyes to and watch, every way that we respond and not react, all the stuff that we're putting out there, how we walk, we are acknowledging the presence and the influence of the Spirit of the living God inside of us, consciously aware of His presence and His calls and His commands in our life. We're going to sow in the Spirit, and when we do so, we're not going to gratify the flesh and our own desires. Verse 25 continues on in how we do that. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and in envying each other. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Because the flesh and its passions and desires have been crucified in me. We're going to walk in the Spirit of God. We're going to walk in the power of the Spirit of God. We're going to do what the Spirit says. We're going to follow the Spirit. We're going to go step by step. We're going to step into the footprints of the Spirit of God that has gone out in front of us, and we're going to keep in step with the Spirit. We're going to follow the Spirit's dance moves in our life. Uh, when, when the Spirit has gone out in the sand, we're going to follow the footprints in the sand. When the Spirit's gone out in front of us in the snow, you better believe we're not going to put our feet in a three-foot snowdrift. We're going to put it. We're going to put it in the footprint that's already had a way made for us in the difficult challenges that are in front of us. We're going to keep stepping in, in the footprints of the Holy Spirit. We're, we're not going to think too highly of ourselves. We're not going to put the focus on ourselves, me, mine, and what I'm coveting. Uh, you know, we're not going to be putting the focus on a jealous heart or think poorly of other people according to God's Word. No, we're going to keep in step and sow with the Spirit because it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And this does not mean that we're never going to mess up again. Friends, there is the grace of God in Jesus Christ always available to us, but grace calls us to change and grow and get better. We are going to mess up. We are going to have troubles. We are going to make mistakes. And in doing so, we will constantly lean into the presence of the Holy Spirit and the grace of Jesus Christ to make us better. Because I'm a child of God, because he's my identity, because he's all that I do, and all that I do, I do for him. Because I'm going to live for him, I'm going to sow seed for him, and I'm going to live in the promises of an increase and an enlarged harvest of righteousness, an enlargement of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Friends, it's God's promise to you that he is going to increase, he's going to enlarge, he's going to enrich these qualities in your life if you will but understand two things, that only Christ can make us right with God. And when you add right living in the presence of the Holy Spirit, 
to being made right with Jesus Christ, oh friends, a whole abundant harvest of righteousness is gonna overflow into your life. Who wants the increase? Who wants the enlargement of the harvest and the fruit of the Spirit? Remember who made us right so that we can live right and reap what we've sown. We will reap what we've sown. And so let's sow in the Spirit so we can reap the spiritual fruits of life. You see, friends, we're not gonna sow in the flesh, but we're gonna daily sow in the Spirit to reap this harvest of righteousness that God has for us. So friends, here are a couple of action steps for us. Number one, take inventory of the spiritual fruit in your life. Take inventory of the spiritual fruit in your life. You say, well, Pastor John, how do I know where I am with this whole thing? Well, Galatians 5 is a great place to start. When you take, when you take uh, an inventory of the spiritual fruit in your life, you start saying, okay, uh, how am I doing with the love thing? How am I doing with the joy thing? How am I doing with the patience thing? How am I doing with the kindness thing? How am I doing with the goodness thing, the faithfulness thing, the gentleness and the self-control thing? Because if we're lacking in any of those areas, well, then we know. We know that we need better access in our life to all the goodness of God. And we've still got some sowing to do. Friends, every child of God is a farmer by nature. We're taking the blessings of God and we're putting them right back into the soil of our life so that God can reap a harvest of blessing, not just for ourselves, but so we can bless and influence everybody around us. So take inventory of your seed. What kind of seed are you putting in the ground? Based on the fruit that you're experiencing in your life, you'll have an answer to that. Number two, what step away from the flesh and toward the spirit do you need to take? Maybe one area of your life this week where you need to step away from the flesh and your fleshly nature, where you know you're acting out of flesh, out of worldly living, out of sinful nature, and you're gonna make a change and you're gonna say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change that. I'm gonna start sowing into the spirit of God in that area, the spirit of God in that area. I'm gonna add a third one to the list that's not on your notes. Sow the seed of the word of God in your heart. Get in the Word of God, open up the Bible, study these scriptures that I've given you, go further with it this week. And when you sow in the Spirit of God, you'll understand the promises of God. When you sow into His Word, that, that Word will be seed in your life that will give birth to brand new living, friends, which, by the way, is going to be our Advent sermon series, a whole brand new life. And then, friends, lastly, I'm going to add a fourth one. Sow seed in the power of prayer. Get on your knees before God, cry out to Him and say, God, I can't do this on my own. You've not held first place in, in my life. I, I, I want more of you in my life, Lord God. More love, more power, and more of you in my life. Show me how I can grow. Show me the error in my life. Show me where I've not followed your precepts, where I'm not living according to your law. And, and Lord God, and then when you pray, you're gonna listen. And you're gonna listen for the Spirit of God to, to nudge you in your soul, to show you the places in your life where you can do things differently. And it's all washed in the grace of God in Jesus Christ, friends. There is no shame or condemnation in the language of God. Those are, those, are, those are words of the enemy. There is godly, Holy Spirit-filled conviction. And when you feel convicted, and you feel nudged, and you feel like God is moving in your life, oh, then you better move with him, friends, because he's wanting to take you to some good places. So I ask you, who's ready? Who's ready for a harvest of righteousness? Who's ready for the increase? Who's ready for the enlargement? Who's ready for the enrichment of the harvest of righteousness in their life, friends. When you add Christ in your life, who's made you right with God, and you add it to right living, oh, friends, it's a recipe for the explosion 
of the fruits of the Spirit in your life. Let's pray. Lord God, here and now, every single one of us has an area in our life where we can give it over to you, where we maybe have been sowing in the flesh or sowing according to the sinful nature or the darkness of this world, Lord God. Show us in each and every way how we carry ourselves, live, speak, react, respond, the things that we do or don't do, Lord God, and reveal in each of us a place of work. And Lord God, when the enemy comes calling and wants to bring shame over our life and drive us into the ground, Lord God, we, we rebuke that word and, and we claim the loving presence of your son, Jesus Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit of God, Lord God, here and now, who wants to bring loving correction and conviction into our life. Because God, you have the best intentions for us. You wanna bless us. You wanna see us experience a harvest of spiritual fruit in our life. And so Lord God, thank you for not withholding, but showing us the way, the truth, and the life in your son, Jesus Christ. We need you, God. Guide us and lead us in all ways. So here and now, Lord God, we confess to you that you haven't held first place in our life. We confess to you that we've done things out of the flesh. We've responded or reacted because of the flesh. We've made decisions according to our own desires. We've ignored your precepts and your commands. So Lord God, forgive us. We come to you with a broken and contrite spirit this morning, Lord God, saying we need you. Thank you for your blood that washes over our life. Lord God, here's our sin, and we receive your grace all over again. And Lord God, somebody here today is gonna say yes to you for the very first time, whether they're here presently, physically, or they're watching online. And they're gonna give their life over to you for the very first time, Lord God, and, and they're gonna pray this prayer, Lord God, that says, God, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you for entering into my life as you promised, because I'm confessing my sin to you, and I'm telling you I can't do this life on my own. Lord God, we give you the throne, we give you the car keys of our life, and we put you in control, and we say that we are yours. We believe in what you've done. We receive what you've done, and therefore we can know what you're going to do in our life. And so, Lord God, may we fall on our knees today in loving repentance because of your loving graciousness. And so, Lord God, every single one of us here is believing in our life believing in our family, believing in our church, believing in our community and our world that we desire to see a harvest of righteousness on the increase, that we desire the enlarged harvest of righteousness, the enrichment of a harvest of righteousness in each and every one of us. And God, we say thank you because you're the Lord of the harvest. Amen. Friends, I want to invite you